Good morning, everybody. I haven't preached in a few weeks, but I'm glad to be back in the saddle, able to talk to you about some things that have been on my heart. I don't know if I've preached about this ever or a long time. I want to talk to you about something called the nature of bitterness. Anybody ever lived in bitterness? Oh, yeah. I got that t-shirt. Big, bold letters. This guy was bitter. I've gone through a lot. And, and as we live our lives, we're going to be faced with all kinds of situations and circumstances that we're going to struggle with. And if we let them take root, it can build a root of bitterness within us. So I'm going to ask you to examine your heart and keep your heart open to what God wants to say to you today. I spent a lot of my life in, in ministry and then the last sort of seven years out of doing what God had called me to do because of a failure in my life and different things. Some of you know my story, some of you don't. But one of the biggest things, it wasn't the failure, it was the bitter root that had risen up within me. A bitter root will cripple you from doing what God has called you to do. And I want to talk to you about that. I, I laid on the floor Friday night, like I was saying, under the power of God, and he downloaded something to me and it wasn't part of my sermon. You always got to love when he does this, but it fit my sermon. And I want to open up with what he downloaded to me. Dr. Rudy had spoken a bit about Joseph at the beginning, and then the Lord continued in that. Joseph was a what? Dreamer. And the Lord had said to me, like, I have given you so many dreams and he had put dreams in my heart and my life. How many of you had dreams downloaded to you that the Lord wants for you? And the rest of you are lying or not listening. Every single one of us, God has given us dreams. But many of us walk away from our dreams because of a bitter root. Or we don't continue in those dreams or we stop listening to God because of a bitter root that rises up within us. And I saw a picture was a picture of Joseph. He was loved much by his father. And the Lord said to me, he said, I love you much. In fact, I saw him with the coat of many colors. And he began to have these dreams, and he had dreams that the brothers didn't really like. About sheaves bowing down, and the sun, moon, and stars bowing down to Joseph. And he was the younger brother at the time. And they're like, yeah, all right. I'll tell you this. Some people aren't going to like the dreams that God gives you. But you got to push through. You can't let a bitter root rise up within you. I didn't push through. Oh, I was angry. I was ticked. People saying things, people lying about me, people doing things against me. In fact, when I moved to Medicine Hat a year and a half ago, I still had people saying things about me. And even over the last few months, I've had people saying things against me. But that's what people who don't allow people to dream do. Because when we partner with the devil, we say things that we shouldn't. But it's not up to me to control the mouths of others. It's up for me to continue on dreaming. 
Many of us have given up on dreams. Things that God had placed deep within our heart that we know the call of God has done. Man, he's cute. And we become distracted from the dreams that God has placed within us. And Joseph, one thing that he did, he didn't become distracted, though I'm sure part of the story that we don't read, Joseph went through some distractions because he went through a lot of pain. Joseph was literally thrown into a what? A pit. And I saw this picture of Joseph in this pit thrown and they were going to leave him to die and the one brother said no 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 let's not do that let's get his coat and let's kill a goat and cover it with blood and bring it back to his father to our father let's tell him that your son is dead and part of your dreams have been words spoken over you by people and they have may even felt like your brothers. And those words need to be broken. So you can go back dreaming. Where's Rod? Lord wants me to do this. Worship team, come up here. This is not endorsed by Wendy or Chris Brown because they're a little more organized, but <laughs> Wendy's like, what is he doing now? Rod, come here. Chris will get his guitar hooked up for you. He's going to play? This man was a Spanish pastor for how many years? Five years. Five years. The Lord's tell me you've had words spoken over you that weren't good. And you held on to those things. He's breaking them and he's setting you free to continue to do what God's called you to do. We break off those words of discouragement. We break off those words of death, just like the brothers went and told about, about Joseph that he, he had died. For you have not died, but your dreams live within you, Rod. You are good. You are capable. You are able. You are anointed to do the things that God has placed within you. We break off all those words. We break off words of death right now in the name of Jesus. For your ministry has not died, but your ministry is just beginning again, and it will be alive. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so much freedom to serve. I went to Rod, and I, I said, I'm going to do something. And he looked, and he goes, what? <laughs> Rod was a worship leader and a pastor, senior pastor. He started to come to Haven, and I don't know if you were here Christmas Eve. He basically held up a sign that said, I had no church family. And then I found Haven as a family. We want to tell you, we're your family, Rod. I don't speak your language other than hola. Who knows, maybe Haven's going to start a Spanish service or something. Like It could be cool what God could do. Rod and or Susie.
Susie helps do our kids' ministry. Now that she's back at the back with the kids, probably. We love you. As a start of your ministry starting, I want you to lead us in a song. I want you to worship right where you're at with this man. Because we have broken off these things. God has called him back. You can say something if you want. I just got to say. about Jesus. Okay, so I'm gonna stand up and watch with me. Let's do it. Just worship God. Just remember, because He's great. All the time. Even in crazy pandemic situation, He's still great. He's still God. Amen? Splendor of a King Clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice, amen. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles high his voice. Trembles are his voice. How great is our God? Sing with me, how great is our God? Oh, we sing, how great, how great is our God. Beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The Godhead, the Godhead, three and one. Father, Spirit, and Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. How great!
is our God. We're gonna sing that chorus one more time, just voices. Juan grande es Dios, cántale cuán grande es Dios, exalt the sea, how great, how great is our God. He's great, he's great. Can you say that? He's great, he's good. Over a pandemic, He's above every pandemic, every problem, every situation. He's above. He's powerful. He's still great. He's still powerful. Even in these crazy times, he's still good. Just remember this. How great is he? How great is our God? That's why we're here. It's not because of me, because of Jeff. Or, it's because of him. Because of his power. Amen. Amen. All the glory for him. Come here for a sec. Chris and Sarah, I'm going to ask you to join us. Dwayne and Jeanette. Rob, where's Susie? Rob, Nikhil, Wendy. We're going to pray a prayer and commission this guy. We're going to anoint them. Susie, too, wherever she is. Bring the little one with you. Come stand with your man. Dude can sing. <laughs> There's a preacher in this guy. I'm going to ask Dwayne to anoint. I'm going to ask Dwayne to pray over this couple. We're going to commission them back. Oh, young Joseph. Thank you, Lord. While you were singing there, I could just see a new electricity from the Lord. And he's just saying today, like, brother, you laid it down. Now it's time to pick it up. And God's going to use you. He wants to use you even in this place. There's a whole Spanish community here waiting for you to bring to this place. And you know what? They're in the streets. They're in the byways. Hallelujah. And you know what? What you went through, it literally stopped the anointing. And today the Lord is saying, Rod and Susie, today in the spirit, I re-anoint you. Yeah, I re-anoint you. And he's saying that, whoa, even... The latter times now in your life are going to be greater than the former times have ever begun. And he's saying, begin to dream today because truly your ministry actually is here. It's here. It's part of a team. You've never had team. The Lord's brought you here. He's put you on a team and he's going to use you on this team. And he's going to increase the influence of your voice over this region, even for your own people. You know, there's no voice in Medicine Hat. He's going to use you, brother. He's going to use your voice to declare over your people, even breakthrough that you're having here today. And so we anoint you. Whoa. You know what? We anoint you in the team. Team. 
There's no you, there's no I, there's just team. Hallelujah, both of you. And you know what? I can tell you right now, you're a blessing. This couple is a blessing. Hallelujah. And they're going to be a blessing even to you guys helping, right? Hallelujah. And so, Lord, today, whoa, yeah, we just thank you, yeah, right now. In the Spirit, what you're doing here right now in this moment, you're raising up, you're raising back up those things that were broken. They're broken, yeah. We're raising them back up. The Lord is raising them back up. Everyone say, Gloria a Dios. <laughs> You may be seated. If you're new to Haven, we do things a little differently. It's all right. So on with the story that God was downloading to me. Joseph was thrown in a pit. He was told that uh, he was dead to his family. Words spoken off of him. And some of us have words spoken over us that we need broken. We don't need to accept the things that others are saying about us. But man, we hear them so loudly. You can do a hundred things right, hear good things all day, and remember the one bad thing. Because it affects us so deeply. And we hold on to that. I was told I was never do ministry again. But God had a greater plan. I had to start to hear his voice again. Rod was told the same thing. People spoke over Rod that he was a mistake. No mistakes in the kingdom of God. God's called you. You are called. It doesn't stop. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I've made mistakes. Rod's made mistakes. You made mistakes. But it doesn't change the anointing and call and what God has for you. Might make it a little bit bigger. Now, that doesn't mean you all got to go out and sin and make mistakes so you can have an anointing. Because the best call and the best walk is people like Wendy who never fell. Didn't sin. Well, <laughs> sin big. Wendy said sin one time. She got mad at me. <laughs> But I don't believe as Christians we need to say that I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm walking. You know, we are sinners, and Paul continues to say that we recognize the need for the grace of God. But the Bible does say go and sin no more. We have the ability to walk in his grace. Now, that means we'll still make mistakes, but my mistakes are in his grace. Now, I don't go on sinning willfully that no more grace may abound either. I walk in the Spirit of God. And it's amazing when we learn to walk in the Spirit how those mistakes become less and less in our life. But God still loves you in the midst of your pain and your mistakes, your difficulties you've gone through. So Joseph had words of death spoken over him. And then the one brother said, remember, well, let's not kill him. And they see this band coming by and they sell him off into slavery. Anybody ever been sold out? And I saw this picture of being sold off. Again, something else happening. Well, I guess it's better than dying in a pit. I've been sold out. 
part of why I got so bitter. There was something wrong. I, I, I didn't do this. Like, I confessed and, and things had happened and I was sold off, but, but, but they're going to lie. And then he went to Bodiver's house and he's serving in this house and he become greatest among all the servants. And, and, and remember Potiphar's wife lies about him? And I saw this picture. And then, and then he's thrown in jail. Well, I was thrown in church jail. I didn't like go to jail, jail, but I was thrown in church jail. And I carried that anger and I carried that bitterness. And, and I went to a lawyer and I said, this is wrong. Like, I confess, what's going on? I was so angry and bitter with the church. Had they made mistakes? Sure, but that's not up for me to correct. But I was at that place where justice is mine. Anybody ever want justice on someone? I had to get rid of that in my life. So I go to this lawyer and the lawyer says, well, this will be the easiest case I've ever done. The evidence is all there. So I said, well, tell me what it's worth. He goes, I'll figure it out. He goes... So easy. Write in your confession, your counseling, everything. All these things are admitted. And the church had paid for your counseling even. They'd have your notes. So I said, I went back the next week and he worked it out. He said, well, it's worth $1.6 million. Because you'd been with the church for 20 years. So I went to my wife and I said, finally, my name's going to be cleared. This is great. I'm ready to sue the church. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you were. My wife and I talked and because of things in the past and so forth, um, I took what she said very seriously. <laughs> and she said, we're not to do this. I'm like, what do you mean? It'll clear my name. I we need to do this. She's like, no, we can't do this. And at the point where I was, I was so bitter and angry, I'm not going to make good decisions. So I had to rely on my wife. So I called my lawyer, actually met with him. And he said, what do you want to do? I said, we're not to do anything. I said, I want you to write a letter to the church and the district and the head office and I want you to tell them all we're looking for is an apology we forgive you not one response to that letter so that bitter root rose up again but this time it didn't rise up with the church it rose up with my wife why didn't you let me do this, I would say. Now, I wasn't like coming right out and saying, you made a mistake, you were wrong, because she was probably right. Or she was right, not even probably. <laughs> but I would make her feel bad, and my bitter root rose up. And when a bitter root rises up, it's easy to sin and keep on sinning. But you don't understand, Potiphar's wife lied about me. And some of you have had people lie about you and you got to forgive them. 
Because you won't go on in your calling and your anointing until you deal with that bitter root. And I'm challenging you today, those who have been spoken ill of and been lied about, you got to forgive them. And they won't always respond. I've had things even in medicine had where people have said things, so I, I call them, I text them, no answer, they don't get back to you. Not everybody will respond to you. But that's not up for you. you got to allow God to deal with those things. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. But in God's vengeance, he's always looking for restoration in people. So the only kind of vengeance that you need to have is that person is restored back into relationship with God and the family of God. If you're looking to take people down, you're not on the side of the Father. Because the Father loves people. So Joseph, thrown in jail, continues on in his ministry and starts to interpret dreams. Continues in ministry. Some of you have been swallowed by a whale. (coughs) Rudy brought this up too. My whale was a church. But I was running from God. I hadn't dealt with that bitter root. And that whale had to spit me up. And said, okay, I'll go to Nineveh. I was running to Tarsus. My Tarsus was whatever I wanted to do that made me excited. Hop on a motorbike, go out and gamble, make lots of money, do the things. I was, like the life, life I thought was good. Some of you are caught up in the things of this world too. Running from God. You're running to Tarsus. Thank God for whales that swallow us up and spit us out. God may be sending a whale to you like Joseph. He hadn't even done, he just kept on doing bad thing after bad thing. If anybody had a right to get bitter and stop ministry, it was Joseph. Thrown in a pit, sold off in slavery, working his way up in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife lies. Thrown in jail. He keeps interpreting dreams till one day he interprets a dream for Pharaoh. God exalted him. Medicine Hat was my Nineveh. I want you to go to Medicine Hat. I ain't going to Medicine Hat. Many of you know the story. I told my buddy, I said, God, he'd have to kick me in the balls to go to Medicine Hat. Can I say that in church? Sorry, I guess I did. Thanks, Mark. Well, 12 hours after I said that, picked up my motorcycle, they fixed it wrong, my brake seized, and I wiped out in the highway. Called my buddy, I said, I think I need to look at Medicine Hut. <laughs> Here I am. Came not to what I thought I was coming to, and then got spit up again. But God's about to do something big at Haven. 
There's people coming to Jesus almost every week. There's people being set free almost every week. People starting to walk in victory almost every week. Welcome to Nineveh. God's got something big for you. But you can't have a bitter root. I had to go to my wife and ask forgiveness. I had to go to the church and ask for forgiveness. We even called up different people. and The little old lady that way back nine years ago, we called her last year, said, Pastor Jeff, you're struggling with boundaries in your life. God's telling me. Met with Wendy and I. So when I confessed to my wife, we told her the story. She goes, thank you for calling me. That was the hardest day of my life. God's calling you back, folks. And in the midst of your pain, your sin, your regret, your difficulties, in the midst of being talked about and lied about and thrown in jail, he's saying, I still got a call for you. I still want you to dream. Well, with Joseph, that call was so real that he told Pharaoh, you're going to have seven years of good, and then you're going to have seven years of drought. You need to save up during these seven years, and Pharaoh put him in charge. So he went around, he led the nation, and there was no one above him. And he began to lead this nation through these seven years of great plenty. Some of you feel like you're in seven years of drought right now. It almost feels like Canada's been in two years of drought. And let me tell you, like Joseph did during those seven years, if we get a trucker strike happening on January 23rd, like they're talking about, you better have food in your, your storehouses. I'm telling you, as a pastor of your church, store up some food. I don't say that to scare you, but that's what they did in the Bible. That's what Joseph did. I'm just giving you something biblical. Store up. Now, no need to fear because you got a tribe you're standing with. Any of you are hungry? We got each other. You come to us. We'll give you groceries. We'll give you. I, I have people calling me. Young men like Josh. Can I? He's a farmer. Can I give people? Can I bless people with something? Can I give some money? Dale and Lynn over Christmas, thank you for all you gave and what you're doing for people's lives. I had someone else call me yesterday and say, they're from Manitoba. They said, God's telling us to give 200 bucks to a needy family in your church. Someone needy. We're family. We're tribe. We're standing together. And it's okay because... This trying season, like Joseph went through those trying seasons, just means God's about to bring forth even a greater revival. Where we rely on him for everything. Don't fear during a pandemic. Let's live with expectation. Great hope and great joy. God's got something greater for you. And we need to start to be positive in the midst of difficulty. Don't let a bitter root... Don't even let a bitter root grow up in you. Like my, my wife and I often joke, we're like, we're praying for our government leaders. We're actually praying that they get thrown out. Okay. <laughs> but don't let a bitter root grow up in you, but stand up for what is true and what is right. 
All through the Bible, we've had leaders removed when they weren't godly. We had some last a long time. There were seasons of things. We're in a season. For every time, there, there's a season for all times. But God never stops being God, and he's immutable, he's unchanging, and he will be there for you. And as a church, as a tribe, and if you don't have a tribe, maybe you're new here, welcome to the tribe or find a tribe that you can walk with, that you can grow with, that you can pray with, that keeps you accountable. We have leaders within our tribe that we keep each other accountable. Uh, that's not good to say. Whoa, wait a minute. Don't let that bitter root grow up. The journey's hard. Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8 to 10, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Here's the key. While you're pressed, keep Jesus. Die to yourself. Keep that death of Jesus close to you. Keep him alive in you. Let him speak to you. Hear his voice. You see, we can carry pain and bitterness or we can carry Jesus. What are you going to carry? Some of you think carrying Jesus means, oh, I go to church on Sundays. Well, good for you. You ever met bitter Christians? They are the worst people to be around. Get thee behind me, Satan. I can't stand that person. You go up, you're at church. How's your week? Oh, so and so. Oh, man, what's up with you? Do you know almost every murderer struggles with bitterness? It's one of the leading things. You talk to psychologists. They've allowed bitter roots to grow up with him. And it just went too far. I was reading story after story about it. But we, we as a people, we are blessed beyond the curse of bitterness. We are blessed beyond the curse of despair, destruction, abandonment. God has a big plan for us. Beyond the curse of what we're feeling. Because we carry Jesus. We don't carry bitterness. And that's why I'm saying God wants to do something in you today. Some of us need to get rid of that bitter root that rose up within us. I had to get rid of that bitter root so I could go back into ministry and be healthy. That's why I took two months off when we started Haven from preaching. Some of you didn't even realize that. I didn't even preach for two months. Because I had to deal with my heart. I went for counseling. Some of you just need to get healed. And Jesus does the healing. And he'll bring that dream back. I love the story about Rod and Susie. Rod just telling me, he goes, it was Susie's birthday, and this was like, you know, five months ago, whatever, the end of summer. And, and, and I said, what do you want for your birthday? She said, I just want you to go back to church with me. Well, we don't have a church. Well, we'll go check out the church, what Pastor Jeff and Wendy are. So they came. 
And Rod's like, this ain't so bad. And now here he's anointed back into ministry, the call of God. Lord, fill this church with families like that. Fill this tribe with families like that. Some of you just need to be called back. You got to deal with that root or those words that were spoken over you or those things that have been hanging over your head and come back to where God has you. That's what I'm telling you. Find a tribe. Open your Bibles to Hebrews 12. If you got your Bible, some of you use your phone or your iPad. I'm not going to be too long because we've been doing different things, but I got um, some points I want to cover here. Starting at verse 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. Many of us are living lives that are defiled because of bitterness. We've given away our birthright or forsaken it for just a small morsel. I didn't read that part, I should. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. Some of us have sold off the things that God had given us for one morsel of food. We tried so hard to get back. Esau couldn't get back. We can get back now because Jesus. God's not willing that any should perish, but all would come unto repentance with him. There's a way back. Not one in this place has gone too far. I'll tell you that right now. With repentance, we can come back. So I went through much of this. I spent a season in doubt, a season of giving up. I didn't care if I was used by God, and I distracted myself with morsels of food. Those of you who know my story, I distracted myself with motorcycles, and I'm not giving that up because I love to ride. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Lord, if you want me to give it up, but please no. <laughs> Something else. Distracted myself with sexuality. That was my, my anchor, gambling. I was probably one of the bigger gamblers up in Edmonton and Alberta. I would gamble hands, three minutes worth $10,000. Playing poker. Morsels of food. Letting bitterness drive the way. 
God said, Jeff, it's time to get up again. Time to get up. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. So that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. It's time to put your hands to the work of the Lord again. It's time to get up and strengthen those knees so you can walk into things that God has for you. And he promises you healing. Some of us need deliverance. Some of us need healing. That's why we have the barns on Friday night. I'm the apostolic leader of this church. And I got to remain just as hungry, if not more hungry. I was flopping around on the ground. Letting God do whatever. Dwayne laughs at me. <laughs> Just letting God receive him whatever God has. I've got to strengthen my hands. I've got to strengthen my knees. We need, we need healing. Part of our theology needs to be that it is God's will to heal all the time. Don't blame God. Well, God never healed me. No, no. Someone comes to me and say, pray for healing. I'll blame myself. I'm, man, my faith must be weak right now. I got to get back. I got to start to believe again. I got to strengthen my knees, strengthen my hands. Because it is God's will to heal, period. But Pastor Jeff, my, my family member died of cancer. My dad died of cancer. That's not God's will, though. I can't allow my experience to dictate my theology. My theology must come from God and the word of God. I must know truth. Get into your Bible. Start to read truth. I've seen lots of people that come to the Lord and they just want the mystical stuff and all the fun stuff and everything, but they don't get into the word. You better get to know your truth because then you can stand. Can Christians have demons? I grew up in, in church where they would say, no, Christians can't have demons. And then I went on a mission trip to Africa. Whew. I saw the demonic at work. I saw the witch doctor at work. I literally went and lived in the hills with the people and the witch doctor. And I came back and God started to use me. I got hands laid on me and, and people prayed for me. And then I started to... See people freed of, of de- the demonic. Now, the, you may not be possessed as a Christian, but those demons, they love to get their talons in you. And we need deliverance to be able to go and do the things that God's called us to do. A lot of Christians struggle with things and never get deliverance, and they keep struggling. Bitter roots growing up in them, and, and they think they're okay. Why well, attend church? Being a Christian is about attending church to you. You better, better read your Bible. The last I heard, Ephesians 4, verse 25 to 27, you can read this sometime. You ever read what Paul said? To the Christians, to the church in Ephesus, don't give place to the devil. This is to the Christians, he said this. So Christians can give place to the devil in their lives. You can't tell me that Christians don't struggle with demonic every once in a while. I need a little bit of freedom. People, I've, there, there's three main gateways. 
that I really believe they're big gateways. There's other gateways. One is drug abuse, sexual immorality, and bitterness. Gateways to the demonic. So we're talking about bitterness today. You better deal with bitterness because it will cripple you. It crippled me. Took away seven years of my ministry. If not longer. Because I was probably struggling with it before. Check your theology. Make your path straight. Strengthen yourself. Deal with feeble knees. I'm going to skip over some parts. Verse 14. Make things right with people. Pursue peace with all people. And holiness without which no one will see the Lord. You got to actively pursue to make things right with people. You know someone has odd against you, you need to go to them. You don't go and talk to someone else about it. You go to them and them alone, Matthew says. In fact, if you're talking to, about someone to someone else, you are sinning. Yep. If you heard someone talk to you about so-and-so, did you hear what Leah did? Sorry, Leah. I'm sinning. And I'm speaking curses over her. You need to lift up your brother and sister. You need to speak words of encouragement. And if you have something against Leah, you need to go to her. You want to line up now or? No, I'm just kidding. And to her alone. And then if you can't make things right, take someone with you. And the mindset needs to be, I am going to see restoration. Not show them where they are wrong. At Haven, we will not accept and you will be called out if you start to gossip about people. If we hear it, call it out. You don't, we don't do that here. You can't do that. Because God loves that person you're talking about. Yeah, and he's got a plan for them and dreams for them. If it is possible, Romans 12, verse 18, 21, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not overcome, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Church, this is the kingdom mindset. They're hungry, I feed them. A lot of people, times people in your life will do things just simply because they're hungry. Anybody ever gotten hangry in here? Well, spiritually, sometimes in our lives, we get a little hangry and we do things we shouldn't do. Forgive that brother and sister. Feed them. Man, all you need is a good steak. Come on over. You need to go after making things right. Like I said, I was wrong so deeply. I went and got a lawyer. But outside of the kingdom mindset, things don't work. Go on to verse 15. Bitterness and grace can't be carried together. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Bitterness, Bill Johnson said this, bitterness is the spirit of murder in diapers. 
Bitterness is the spirit of murder in diapers because all you want to do is speak badly about someone. You get angry about someone. And the person you're getting angry with, they're loved by God. But you're trying to destroy them. Deal with that bitter root. You want to kill a marriage? Allow bitterness. You want to kill a business, a dream, a church? Allow bitterness. Get a root of bitterness. We need to guard that at Haven, that no bitter root rises up at Haven. We need to bless other churches. We were fired by a church not too long ago. Wendy and I, Justin and I were in the room and we said, can we pray blessings over you? We said, we bless you in the name of Jesus. We're going to have a different mindset and a different heart set as the church. And if people are still angry with you, it's not up for you to fix them. You can let them know we're here for you. We want to love you. We want to bless you. But let's have a different heart set and mindset as a church. In your families, have a different heart set and mindset with your spouses, with your children. I'm believing children are going to come back to the Lord. You got a child that's been difficult. I want you to love them with all your might. I want you to let them know that you believe in them still. Let's have kingdom mindset. Bitterness defiles me. Not only me, it defiles me and everybody under my influence. So if I'm called to be an apostolic leader in this church and I allow bitterness to creep in, it affects every single one of you. I was bitter with the church, like I said. I was angry, but, but if, I, if I showed bitterness with the church in front of you, you would become bitter with the church and you most likely will end up becoming bitter with each one of us. It's not okay. I had to get that root out of me. Many marriages, they hold something against the partner. You got to get that bitter root out. That doesn't mean we can't get angry. It says, in our anger, we're not to sin. Do you mind that I'm going on a little bit longer? This is good preaching. Just don't sin in your anger. We are to walk with grace and the character of God. And bitterness and grace cannot mix. They are like oil and water. There's no bitter root in God. It's not something he wants us to carry or allows us to carry. Well, God, just let me carry a little bit of it because I can't stand that person. Oh, you mean that person that I love? You can't stand that person that I have a plan for, that I've put dreams within their heart and their mind. One of the devil's greatest tools is division. And he uses bitterness to cause division in relationships, friendships, marriages, churches, businesses. Some of you have businesses. You wonder why it's not successful? Maybe you allowed a bitter root. Ask the Lord to speak to you about some things that you've spoken over employees. Thought about employees. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, Matthew 5 says. Ephesians 4 verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. 
These things need to be put away. Get rid of them. That's what, he's, that's what they're saying. We repent, which means turn from these things that are slowing you down. And I, I think at the end, we need to take a little bit of time of repentance. Just hearing from the Lord. Some of you may need people to pray over you. And we'll have our minister team up here like we do most weeks. Some of you need to say, Lord, forgive me. Then some of you may need to call people and say, I've been so bitter, forgive me. And, and you may just have the small part. I remember something my dad used to always say, and I've preached this before. You may feel like you're maybe only 10% in the wrong, and they're 90% in the wrong. But you're 100% responsible for your 10%. Because that 10% can defile you. To defile means to be made impure. And when we are impure, we are defiled. We can't walk in the anointing because bitterness and defilement don't mix with the anointing of God. Create in me a pure heart, O oh God. You remember singing that? Create in me a pure heart, O oh God. And renew a right spirit within me. Oh, Lord, renew something new. Create in me a pure heart. Because anointing comes with a pure heart. James 3, verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. You shall know truth, and truth shall set you free. Bible is truth. Jesus is truth. They don't mix with bitterness. There is no bitterness in the nature of God. The nature of bitterness is defilement. To paint you with a bad stroke. And the devil wants to paint you the way he sees you. He wants to defile you. And if you allow bitterness, some of you are sick because of defilement. Some of you are sick because of sin. Some of you are sick because of a bitter root. Some of you are living in a destruction of marriage because of a bitter root. And if you dealt with the bitterness and you got healing, you got freedom, got rid of those demons. Sorry if I freak some of you out. Wow, sorry, not sorry. I'm talking about the demonic. And even, yes, you quiet ones that aren't as demonstrative. Some of us carry some pretty deep demonic things. But people think we're okay because we just keep our mouth shut. But God's talk called you to preach from the top of your lungs. He's called you to worship from the top of your lungs, yet you remain quiet. Because you're defiled. Oh man, I could preach a whole nother sermon, but I'm not going to. I was reading about... Naomi and Ruth last night I got about 10 more pages I always prepare too much and Naomi said 
call me Mara. Remember what happened to Naomi? She lost her husband and then she lost her son. Told her daughter-in-laws, just go. Call me Mara. For the Lord has dealt with me bitterly. Well, the Lord didn't deal with her bitterly. She had great loss. Some of you have been bitter with God. And you need to ask for forgiveness. Bow your heads and close your eyes all over this place. Worship team, come on up. Lord, we pray as a church, create in us a clean heart. Renew right spirits within us. And I'm going to just pray right now over you. Lord, enlightenment right now in people's hearts and minds, areas where they, they have allowed a bitter root to grow up. The Lord's going to speak to somebody even right where you're at. And that bitter root has defiled you. It has made you impure. You've wondered why you haven't walked with anointing and power. It's because you've been impure because of a bitter root. You've been defiled. Some of you need to forgive your mom and dad. Some of you need to forgive a spouse, a friend, a place, someone at your place of employment. Some of you carried stuff against God. I want you to just begin to talk to God right now, just in the quietness of this place. Lord, you work in people's hearts. And we say, Lord, create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O God. Because this is the biggest thing. We need to live and be active in the presence of God. It's not just a song. This is a psalm. Oh, cast us not away. And Lord, forgive me for that bitter root. I repent and I turn away from that bitter root. And now it's going to be up to you to strengthen your hands and your feeble knees so that you can walk. You might need to get rid of some things. You might need some deliverance. You might need prayer up here this morning and say, ah, man, I feel so weak. I need strength. And we're going to pray strength over people. Maybe you haven't had that anointing that you need to go and do the things God calls you to do because there's defilement. Maybe you need revelation. We'll have prophetic people up here to speak prophetically over you. God can bring revelation to people as they're praying over you. Do not let a bitter root grow up. I want you to spend a minute or so just in the quietness of the Lord as Chris leads us in a little bit of worship, and I want you to hear from God. I want, Lord, I'm just praying right now that you expose bitter roots right now. Expose them in the name of Jesus.